You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the... Uh, this, what's, what's the show? Live from the Live table. The table uh, here on Sirius XM and uh, on on the internet. We're here with, of course, Dan Natterman, the great Dan Natterman. But but he, he doesn't seem to quite understand the lighting. You can't backlight a, a zo- There we go. Anyway. Uh, and, move up a little. Um, Danny Cohen, <clears throat> who uh, he has a small butternut cracker sign. I have a big one. Do you see that, Danny? Can you see that? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I know what Keith is thinking when he sees crackers. Um, uh, Absolutely, uh, right now, yes. Uh, Keith Robinson and uh, 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 Perry L. Ashenbrand, our, our producer. Keith, I just want to start by saying, well, before we, we started, we are just saying everybody's like kind of scared of Keith. I don't know why. I'm not scared of Keith. But um, <laughs> that's, that's, Keith, t- tomorrow is, uh, well, this is the call. Tomorrow is my 10th year. Hold on just one second. My, tomorrow's my 10th year wedding anniversary, Keith, and, and Keith was a part of the officiating of the officiating team. Oh, my God. Was it 10 years 10 ago? Years already, 10 years. Wow, that's oh, a long time. Yeah, the uh, so, so, Will Silvins so, was there, I remember. Uh, Papa did the uh, – Tom Papa was the officiant. So, so just give me five minutes. Let Keith get it all off his chest, and, I, and I'll be right. Well, why don't we reconvene in five minutes if it's only going to take five minutes? Is, I want to know who was that important. Well, it's good to see you, Keith, by the way. How you doing, man? It's good to see everybody. Everybody's still good? No, you know, I think I saw you at um, Rachel Feinstein's Zoom baby shower. Right? Were you there? Yeah, I was there for a minute. Yeah, so I saw then you. I had before. something else to do. I had another Zoom to go to. Well, a Zoom baby shower is unworkable, really. I mean, you, you can't have Zoom where it's just a bunch of people getting together because you can't have conversation you know you when people get together you break off into groups but you can't do that on zoom so it becomes a big uh, mess yeah it, it, it was good that was it was kind of fun we got some we got the the fact that rachel is not a good mother we got that out and that felt good well everyone wants you to know that she wasn't it soon too soon to tell no you can tell <laughs> I, I assume, by the way, that Noam invited you on to discuss Black Lives Matter and police brutality. Uh, but well, uh, well, isn't that why we we usually invite you on to discuss the police? A, a black eye <laughs> on you, mean? <laughs> well, you in particular, you have a particular history with the police department. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You, know, you have firsthand knowledge of uh, firsthand knowledge of the, of the bullshit that goes on. Anybody else here been arrested before? Danny, have you ever been arrested? I've never been arrested, no. Why? I've been arrested. But I was, uh, I was civilly sued for murder. <laughs> but not arrested. Civilly? <laughs> Are you serious? I was in court for nine years because apparently I attempted to murder someone. So, crazy. I, I put somebody in a coma. He was in a coma. Then I put him in a coma. And he never got out of the coma. Then he died in the coma. And it was my fault. It was the whole thing. That, whatever. Was this on? 
Was this yeah. on investigation discovery? And it was all white. It was all Jewish people involved. So it was nothing wow. with an old Jew uh, uh, situation. So. <laughs> and that did. Okay, oh, interesting. I'm back. I know. Okay, all right, let's get it. Okay, we just did some background talking about nothing of great import. Now, to go ahead and Noam, take it away. I, I don't know what the subject is. Listen, I'm not getting canceled. I, I, this is you, normally Keith and I be arguing, but I'm not arguing with Keith. Keith, whatever you say, you are right all no. along. It's not, it's not. Well, we'll talk about that. But Mur, uh, Danny was was a uh, uh, charged with murder. Yeah, but it was a very, it was a very, it was a. I was 26 years, and then I got into comedy after that whole thing. I, it's a long story. Uh, Did you, you know, kill somebody? I, I, he's dead. He's, he's dead, and it wasn't my fault. <laughs> it wasn't my fault. He's dead. What did you do? What did you do? <laughs> I, 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 I have, dang! I, did he die of ecstasy? <laughs> there were some. There was. There was. Yeah, there was some drugs involved. It wasn't. It wasn't. No. no I, mean. <laughs> it was, uh, I owned a restaurant on Fifty Six uh, between Fifth and Sixth Avenues when I was uh, twenty-five years old. And uh, this guy comes in. We were closed. It was a very big restaurant. So we were closed for a couple of hours. He comes in. He wants to eat. I'm like, I'm so sorry, but we're closed. He's like, I want to eat. I want to eat. smoking a cigar. I'm like, I'm sorry, but no cigar smoking here. And if you come back and you can have a seat at the bar if you like, but you have to put your cigar out. You can have, we have a light affair at the bar. You can have a drink. And he said- A light what was at the bar? No fair, like a life. Fair. Like, you know, a like a couple of salads and a sandwich. That's what we offered at the time when the restaurant was closed. But we had no waiters. At the it was a very big restaurant. Uh, yeah. It was like a two basketball courts. It was just, it was huge. It was like, did you ever go to uh, that? Whatever. It's one Katz's of those Deli places. kind of a thing. Huh? That sounds like Katz's Deli, roughly. Yeah. It was like yeah, this. It, it was the size of Katz's Deli. Yeah, but instead of a, such a high ceiling, it was a high ceiling, and it had a wraparound balcony. So there were two floors to it with a beautiful staircase. It was an upscale place. Anyway, wow. so he wanted, to, he wanted to eat, and we couldn't eat, and he got very aggressive with me, and I tried to put the cigar in my face. So I knocked the cigar out of his hand, and he came at me, and I palmed him in the face, and two of my waiters who were right there, and this was happening at the front desk, and we had a foyer, uh, like a foyer, like a little a cubicle with two, two glass doors. They took him and they, very nicely, they took him by arms and they put him into the foyer and they closed him and they locked the door. He's in there banging on the glass. I want to eat. I'm going crazy, turning red. He was about 65 years old. I was 25 years old. Uh, but he was, in, he was like a, just like a tough guy. And he banging, banging, turning red, turning red, cursing us out. After about 10 minutes of him screaming at the top of, this young kid comes in, waves at us, sort of consoles him and then takes him out. Get, we get a call a few minutes later. I'm so sorry. Um, I'm his nephew. Uh, my uncle was across the street having drinks. He's on heart medication. He shouldn't be on medication and drinking. Uh, I, he was turning red. He, was, he looked crazy. I'm so sorry we disrupted. I'm like, nah, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And then I said, okay, sorry. Okay, that was it. He'll come back another time. No problem. And it was a kosher restaurant. So we catered to a very specific uh, clientele. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> very specific. The guy you killed. Hold on, hold on, Danny, one second. Hold on, hold on. The guy you killed, what was his, de what was his, what was his demographic profile? Oh, yeah, he was an older Jew. 
Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I calm down, Keith. Okay, now you can go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I said he, he, I know what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. So how how did he end up dead? Two an out. Two hours later, we get a call from his son. Uh, what my my father is in a coma. He had a heart attack. There are bruises on his neck. He has black and blue marks all over his back, his arms. You beat him up. You put him in a coma. He had a heart attack because of you. I'm going to sue you. These people, the owner of, um, of Jimmy's, which is a very big uh, exclusive uh, clothing store. They had a couple of, uh, in Long Island, Brooklyn. They were millionaires. They had a lot of money. And they had a lot of clout in this community, in the, Jew in the Syrian Jewish community. And, um, and uh, they went after us. And we had to close the restaurant. And they sued, uh, they sued me for, uh, for punching him and beating him up and putting him into a coma. And, uh, and so I was in court for like seven years, eight years, until we settled. But, and, but while I was doing my first eight years of comedy, I'll be doing comedy and then I'll be in court a lot. And that was what I, but I never talked about it. No, some people just seem to have weird shit that happens to them. And Danny seems to be one of those people. Just in life, there's just been some crazy ass shit. Yeah, no, I, I'm going to say this right now. I think Danny is a murderer. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it before he told me. Any of us. Really, any of us can be murderers. It's very well, how did you come to own a huge restaurant at the age of 25? Because I wanted to go into show business, and my mother didn't want to hear of it, so she bought me a restaurant. Okay. Jesus Christ. Oh, Danny, you have to say that in front of Keith. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sorry, Keith. I want to do this. All right. Yeah, I have a restaurant. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, well, but she got a lot of money from a settlement, right? Your mother, is that how she, she got her money? Yeah, she, she, you know, she was a good business person. made a lot of and It was her and her brother. Danny, you should write a book. You know, Danny also went for those listeners we've talked about other podcasts. Danny went to gay conversion therapy. Yeah, we talked about uh, it. And it worked. He's gay now. <laughs> yeah, it didn't work. <laughs> no, but, but I mean, he has a whole story about it. And he's got, I mean, it's an amazing, amazing life. You should write a memoir. I gave it a really, I really gave it a good shot. I'm like, I'm going to try to get a, I'm really going to try to get straight. And it didn't work. Yeah. But you really don't. If you could take a pill to be straight, you wouldn't take it at this point, would you? At this point, does it make a difference? No, not at this point. Ten years ago, I would have. Not and that's now. because that's because society has changed so much for the better in those ten uh, years. Ten years ago, I would have been forty-two, and I would have been a good a, a, at a normal age to be a father. I don't want to be a father now. The only reason why I would want to get married is to get is to be straight is to get married and have kids. All right. Okay. So, anyway, so yesterday I went down to the city. I saw the olive tree open for the, for the first time in uh, how many months? Four months. Just, just for the, the listeners, if I could just mention, the olive tree is the restaurant above the comedy cellar yeah. that Noam owns also, but claims doesn't make any money. Yeah, my, my father bought it for me. So uh, that's, what, that's what Jewish parents do. <laughs> I wanted to be a guitar player. Yeah, yeah really want, make me want to call y'all names. Let's <laughs> continue. So, he didn't uh, buy it for you. He bought it for him, and you inherited it. It's just I'm like kidding. I'm kidding. I, 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 may, I, I went to law school. Okay, I got a degree. I worked hard. Then I anyway. Um, so, so listen. So, but and it was it was pretty sentimental to see the restaurant open again after after so long. And I was happy to see all the comedians there. And and I noticed that a lot of people have had this, which was actually encouraging in terms of um, whether or not I think New York is going to have another spike when we reopen because it seems like. A lot of people have had this and a lot of people have the antibodies. But I have to say, I, I, I'm, it's really true. I was most happy to see Keith. I don't know what the fuck this guy has 
And what his effect on me is, I mean, it's not like we're pals. We don't go to each other's house for dinner or whatever it is, but we spend a lot of time together, I guess, you know? And yeah, through the years, come on. Don't short on relationship. No, I know, but I'm saying it's like, I, I have people who I, who I actually spend more one-on-one -on -one time with, or I can't, I don't know how to explain it, who wouldn't, I don't know, who maybe I'm less fond of than, than, than Keith, but for whatever reason, I was really, really happy to see you yesterday, Keith. Actually, that's really from my heart. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know, obviously I'm not lying, but I mean, it was great. It was it's, great just, it's just coming out of me. I was really happy to see you, really. No, and when are you going to be down there again? I'll go down. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not one of the people. I'll, I'll tell you, Dan. I'll tell you. I'll, I'll let you know next time I'm going to come down. But I was, uh, there, I was there on June 24th, and it was fun. But what, what, I, what I didn't get to talk to Keith about is, you know, all the politics and everything that's going on in the world. But, uh, but unfortunately, I'm, I, I don't know if we can have that conversation uh, in, in public because we talk, we talk more plainly to each other and I, I, you're not worried about it, but, I'm, but I'm, I'm worried about it. I don't know, but you can say what you want to say. Well, could I just say that I sent Noam a, uh, I guess it was a video of probably the most disturbing uh, of all of these episodes of a fellow named, uh, uh, what was his name? I'm sorry, he was- Elijah. This autistic. He, he looked like he was an autistic kid. And and the and he did what autistic people would do when you try to arrest him. He went crazy. Yeah. And they put him in a chokehold and he died. And they, they gave him some drug to calm him down. It, 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 of, all, of all the of all the episodes of all the uh, these types of episodes, this one to me was the most disturbing. More disturbing than what happened to George Floyd. Yes, to me it Murder. was because this. It, to me it was because this kid, kid seemed like the sweetest kid or I don't know if he was a kid, he was about 23, and he was saying, I love you, I'm... Pardon? He weighed 140 pounds, but he, he, was, he had a headphones on, so he couldn't really help me. He asked him, what are you doing? Why are you messing with me? Or, uh, you know, and, and you could see he was a kid, and they just didn't... The cops don't know how to de-escalate, it seems. They do not know how to de-escalate stuff and just bring it down. There's no reason for that to be. They could have just followed the kid home. That's all he had to do, follow him home. They're not trained properly. And then he lied. He tried. They, they made up a whole bunch of stuff that the kid was doing. Oh, he was strong as a bull. No, he wasn't. You can see he wasn't strong as a bull. Yeah. That, his whole thing was, no. And, you know, cops, well, when they go defund the police, like, People don't know what they mean when they go defund the cops. It's like, take some of that money away from different different sections and put it to other, other things that count. Mental health, because cops shouldn't have to be uh, in charge of who's, you know, the people's mental health and all that. They should just do what they do. Deal with crime. And, uh, you know, they, it's frustrating to watch these cops with all the stuff that's going, it's just frustrating to watch what's going on. Yeah, and that well, I mean, kid, they, they, somebody should go, they got, they fired the cops, but that's not good enough. They should be charged. Yeah, so I, I wanna confess that I, I saw this thing going around and, I, and I, I'm developing this aversion to taking a deep dive into these tragic things that they're very hard to, to, to take. So I'm gonna speak naively now because I don't really, even everybody's been trying to get me to look at this, I haven't. But I'd say that 
um, what, what, what stands out to me about the George Floyd thing, as opposed to what you're describing to me, listen, it, you know, they're all just fucking tragic. Let's be honest when anybody innocent is killed. But what stands out to me is the, in the George Floyd thing, this was a, a sadistic torture of a guy who was uh, handcuffed and, um, what you're describing to me in some way is some sort of um, horrible inability of the cops to recognize that what they were dealing with was with somebody who was mentally ill, but I haven't heard it described as purposeful, where, where the George Floyd thing, I mean, you, you can't look at it any other way. They had their knee on his neck. And for what? Like, what were they doing was other than... And he was handcuffed while he was handcuffed. Yeah, yeah. Like, what, what were they doing other than in some way enjoying the humiliation of another human being as opposed, as opposed to not understanding that a guy who's freaking out is autistic? And I'll say one other thing, just, you know, I won't say his name, but we, we somebody we all know, we had a situation at the... the um, a lot of these things reverberate with me to, to various events I've had on a lower scale with security and stuff at the Comedy Cellar. So... It's where with people where the where security guys didn't de-escalate, um, and I've always been like. I remember one time where a, a door guy almost got into a physical thing, or did kind of with a guy who wouldn't put out a cigarette. I was like, "What the fuck's the matter with you? Just let him smoke his cigarette." But it's against the law, and I'm like, "So what? Nothing's gonna happen, you know? If the cops come, we'll tell him we, he wouldn't put out a cigarette. You don't need to like just chill out. Let him figure finish his cigarette. Just ignore him. I bet you if you ignore him, he'll leave. You know, they 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 can't process it. But one time a guy showed up at the door. And, you know, we don't let people in drunk. And he was really slurring his words. And the door guy says, you can't come in, you're drunk. And his friend called the door guy aside and said, listen, my friend um, has, a, has a speech impediment. He's not drunk. He, he, really, he has a disability. And the guy who works for me says, oh, come on. You don't expect me to believe that nonsense. We're not letting him in. And they didn't let him in. They threw, they threw him out. And the guy calls the next day, you know. And I was... And I, and I was horrified and, and I, and, you know, and I, and I, and I made it up to them as best as I could. And I, but it, it really brings home to me, this is what is how hard it is to train a power trip out of an individual. This is so deep. And by the way, this is somehow related to cancel culture. You know, the people who were going around getting people fired, you know, they're on a power trip too. You give somebody a badge and a certain number of them, they just, it's, it's just disgusting. So I'm just kind of going off on a tangent, but um, you know, Keith and I, 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 the one thing that Keith and I have never disagreed about is we've disagreed about police shootings, but we've, I think we've always agreed that in the other stuff, we've just, we've always agreed about the cops. Cause I, you know, just the way they, they are unnecessarily. And I've known so many stories. Keith has stories himself. Although the interesting thing about Keith's stories is that the cops told these outlandish things to the judge and they were all true. <laughs> no, no, the cops, here's, here's the thing. And this is real. This is serious. He really was drunk driving the wrong way down a one way street. No, that's a swing at the cops. No, that, no, that, <laughs> That's when I would never anything that I did wrong. I guy I had that one coming. But <laughs> but the whole the scenario is like this: the one cop that stopped me, me and Kevin Hart, and they stopped me and Kev, and Kev didn't have his license of registration, and they said, "Well, we're going to arrest you." So I said, "It's my car. 
I have my license registration. That's what it is. You're not going to tow my car. They said, get out the car. As soon as I got out of the car, they attacked me. Now, they didn't get what they got with George Floyd. They got something a little special, a little something extra, because I was tossing them around like they were little kids. But the reason they said they were going to arrest me is the fact that I got out the car. They, they wrote in the police report that the reason we're arresting him, he got out the car with a brush wrapped in a newspaper. Why the fuck would I get out the car with a brush wrapped in a newspaper? What am I going to do? What's, but they were lying just in case lies. And I seen a guy, I was as I was in the cell, I seen a guy pacing back and forth, and as he would think of something, he'd go like this, whoa, I got it, and then write it down. So cops, they, they can't help but lie. They got to stop the lying. And other cops got to know that they're lying. Yeah. Well, you and know, step you, in. You remember Ron Long, the bass player who used to work uh, with me in the WAH? Yeah. yeah. So it's the, only, it's the only time in my whole life I've used my law license. He was... Now, <laughs> He, 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 I mean, when I hear this, when I, you hear the story, whatever, he was walking down the street and some cops were arresting somebody and they, and they had to go into the police car and they locked, they had locked their, their own keys in the police car. They couldn't get into the car. So Ron goes up to them and you know, he goes, ah, cop, a cop trying to steal his own police car. That's where he laughed. Now, you know, that, that's not, you know, probably wise. But anyway, the cops turned around and they kicked the shit out of him. I mean, he was really, had welts, injured, arrested him. I mean, it, it was horrible. And, and I got a call and I, and I, I you know, I, I, I told him I was his lawyer and I was able to go into the, down into those caverns there to, and, and, and help him as best I could at the time he got arrested. And... You know, I've seen I've seen people beaten up. I've seen every musician, not everyone, but so many of the musicians I work with have a story about being pulled over. And like I got pulled over one time and I didn't I had expired insurance, expired insurance. And and they let me go home, you know, and now Eric Adams, the drummer, you know, he wound up spending a night in jail. Now, the truth is, I've known white people have also been locked up for that. But, on you know, just in terms of probabilities, they don't they don't give the guy a break and and. I mean, I've seen that. That's like a minor story. I've just seen, I've seen this so much. And maybe one of the, I, I, I think that maybe finally people are getting, a, being, being um, awoken to the, the day-to-day shit that the cops do. And uh, that's, the, that's the best thing of all. What is the solution now? Well, the solution is, I think, first and foremost, well, another thing, Keith, you know, the, 10 years ago, I think I said every cop should have no interaction between a cop and the public should exist without being recorded. You know, I, 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 I was criticizing Obama at the time when he was going on and on about police. I'm like, why don't you do something constructive and make a federal law that every single policeman in the country has to wear a body camera all the time? Um, so I always felt that way because, and I think that people should have access to their the video of their arrests within a, a reasonable amount of time, and I think they the turn per- it off. Yeah, well, the, but the police turn it off. Right, but turn, but you know what? The, the, turning it off ought, ought to be, and it will be presumed to be um, a sign that the cops can't be trusted. You know, juries will 
hopefully <laughs> nip that out. <laughs> well, no, it, it, listen, I'm talking about what can you do? These, this is definitely ways to improve it. And, and I think the records are public now also. The, what's that? The, the police records are public now, which is- Well, a there's a privacy issue there. I mean, I don't know if I want my police records public if I'm arrested, but I should be, it should be my option, right? As the, as the guy was arrested. But the police unions, just like the teachers unions, they need to be busted. You can't have somebody with 17 complaints on him and nobody has the right to look it up. And it gets, right. I mean, that, this, is, this has got to stop. And then, well, I don't know what else. What do you think they should do, Keith? Well, you can't keep hiding these police officers. I think you, once a police officer is, is guilty of some stuff, get rid of them. You got to get rid of these cops and you train new ones up that it would be better. I, I, I just don't, I just believe that, that because they don't, they, they, they have been facing no charges or nothing's happened to them through the years, they're emboldened to do more stuff. Yeah. They don't give a, give a damn what they do. Yeah, I th the, the, what I worry about with all this, first of all, I always feel guilty when I talk this way because I know so many cops um, who have, Save my ass, save the ass, save the asses of the very same group of people who have been harassed by other cops. Black guys, I know, you know, it's like there's, there's, there's definitely good, good cops. I don't know, you know, but um, uh, I, I worry that the fact that we're focusing so much on the shootings of unarmed people by and large, when that really is statistically up in the air is may come back to bite us on the ass because when next year they show that almost nobody was shot, uh, no one, almost no unarmed black people shot by the cops, then people will say, okay, problem solved. But that's not the problem with the cops. Right, the, the right. that's problem. my point. That's what I worry about because we're and, measuring and, it. We measure it in terms of guys being killed. And that's not, that's not the problem, I think. Go ahead. No, no, the problem is, is like, well, well, it's a big problem. The whole criminal system is is built on making money by getting arrests and people interaction with, have an interaction with the police and getting tickets and getting stopped. It, it's a it's a bad system. It's not broken. It's working the way it's supposed to work because you're supposed to arrest people. They want to get people in trouble and they want that money to keep coming in. That's my beliefs, Mr. Noam Norman. I know you. I know you believe that, and I and I. Uh, I'm not. I'm not there with you quite on that. But I do. I do think that uh, there are there are unspoken quotas for um, police, and that does lead to them looking to catch. You know, looking to. Oh, you, you didn't your turn signal on whatever it is, and a certain number of those incidents develop into uh, conflicts that where abuses are, are occur. So I, I don't totally disagree with you. I mean, well, I, so if you don't totally disagree, you can't disagree because they had a, a thing in New York, right? They had a thing in New York uh, where the cops was talking. The Latin cops and the, and the black cops said, well, our job was to hunt. They call us hunters. Say, we got to go out and hunt. We need some arrest. And you go to the worst neighborhoods to get the arrest. Well, the reason I don't, I don't, what I don't agree with you about is I don't think there's any politician from Governor Cuomo to Mayor de Blasio to anybody on the city council who is weighing police reforms and says to himself, no, 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 we need the money. I, I don't think it's that cynical in terms of what's going on in our leadership. But I do think that within the, within the precincts, cops 
How, how do we know the, I guess imagine, I can see the other side, I'm the police chief. How do I know my officers are not just loafing around text, text messaging and playing Candy Crush? If I don't see any arrests, if I don't see any tickets, how, what the fuck are you doing out there? So there's a pressure to come back with, with proof that you, you, you did something. But the problem is that can lead to a lot of fucked up shit. Do you think that's a, do you really think this happened when, when people giving out tickets, right? Even uh, uh, parking tickets, they got to give out a certain amount of parking tickets. Yeah. That's facts. Yeah, yeah, parking tickets, yeah. Yeah, but that. Keep, oh, what I'm saying there. is, I think I think there's an unspoken quota even for pulling people over and arresting them. I'm is perfect. that unspoken or is it very spoken? Because I saw some some Baltimore cop that was saying, "Yeah, well, you know, we had to get a certain number of arrests, so we went to this neighborhood where we knew right. we could get some arrests." Uh, you know, I, I read I read somewhere recently. I think it was about New York where they said they felt there was a pre- it wasn't it wasn't it maybe wasn't, it wasn't explicit, but it was it wasn't oppression. explicit, but it was but it was kind of understood. And other other places it might be explicit, and that should not that should not so be. If you ever been caught up in the justice system, which I have several times, <laughs> you you would know that it absolutely is something behind that. Yeah. yeah. My wife is here, by the way, Keith. Hi. Uh, Hello. Whenever I, whenever I talk about racial issues, I like to show my wife of color. So. Well, I mean, is a criminal. That's why. I call her my get out of jail, my get out of jail free card. Listen, I know about the system. It's it's. it's messed up. Juanita is what percentage black, if any? I or, or you're 6%. not black. Six percent. Six. Is it? Is, I don't know. You're, you're holding on to you're holding on to my DNA like some kind of. I'll show, I'll show it right I now. I don't even know what it looks like. Listen, <laughs> I, I give you my DNA. You, you should be able to. <laughs> Go ahead. Wait, wait, what were you I saying? I took a little bit of your DNA. Now you're holding my DNA hostage. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand this. What are you trying to tell everybody, sweetheart? I, I'm not trying to say oh, okay. anything. I, I, there is a corruption within the within the system. There, I, I know. Well. I want to talk about my family, but so many of them have been in and out of the system, and I know exactly what goes on. The system is built to make money. That's yeah. what the private penitentiaries is for. That, yeah. That's all built to make money, collect money. They build, you know, that's documentaries on that and everything. What are you looking at now? Are you looking up? Are you I'm looking, looking up something? Look I'm, looking, I'm, looking up, I'm looking up. I'm looking up DNA. I'm looking up DNA. Oh my God. But there is, it's a rainbow guys. It really is. But besides the money thing, there is a systemic injustice going on within the criminal system. And it really bugs me. I can't, I can't even go there. It's just, my wife is, it's my every day. My wife is 5.2% sub-Saharan African and 5.3% North African. Well, North African doesn't count for uh, black. You 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 tell that to the North Africans, <laughs> whatever it is. So 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 she's more she's way more African than Elizabeth Warren was ever Native American on her best day on her best day writing powwow chow cookbooks. All right. But I'm Native American too. My my wife is uh, no. Yes, I am. It says it right there. I know. I'm saying like I I don't I don't not she's seven. 7.0% Native American. That's right, because my grandma was... Jesus, you know what? I didn't know this stuff. <laughs> and I Chinese, Italian, Spanish, Portuguese, and a little, Bengali. And 0.6% Ashkenazi Jewish. And I um, got a little Jew. All right, so what else? What else is going that's on? probably from the Spanish part of her, I would imagine. Yeah. It, or it, it could just be it, an error, you know, but... <laughs> it is true that the privatization of the prison system is it really should be done away with 
I mean, it is by definition so corrupt and evil. Um, you sound, oh, never mind. I'm, I'm going to look at my DNA. Go ahead, Periel. No, no, no. Go, what, your DNA. You're a Jew. Well, well 99.7%. No, this, this says I'm, well, I, it's very approximate. I, I, it, says, oh, it's, it's, it says I'm 90, uh, more than 90% Jewish. Now, they can pinpoint that finer, but you had to pay extra for that. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm jump, jumping back to the olive tree. Now you're just authorized to be open for outdoor seating, I gather. When, when is that going okay, to be? Here's the news. First of all, 99.2% Ashkenazi Jewish. Okay. I did pay extra. Um, uh, it looks like we may be able to, <laughs> Danny likes my joke. It looks like we may be able to open with comedy on July 6th. July 6th. Wow. Because that's, that's next week. a restaurant is allowed to have entertainment. So we may be able to open with entertainment with a, with a comedian. I, I don't know what all the rules and regulations are. So we'll open in the olive tree. We'll open in, maybe in the, in the bar area of the pussycat with comedy because, it's, you know, psychologically the ceilings are higher. There's windows, whatever. The people feel a little bit more safe. And then, can depending you, on how it goes, we can open up downstairs in, in the rooms too. Who knows? Can you put outdoor seating? Uh, no, we can't do it. No. What do you think, Keith? I, I like it. Um, but I think it's got to be slow, a slow process. Would you perform? Absolutely. But you're high risk a little bit. I'm not high risk. What? Take it back. I <laughs> <laughs> saw him yesterday. No, no. I mean, I, to, to, to be honest, I, I would worry about you. you. You've had a stroke. That's one of the things that, that's one of the risk factors. And I walked away like <laughs> a man. Yeah, you did. Huh? I've been all over the place. I know. I think I already had it already. Well, that you should get tested. See if no. you have the antibodies. I'm, ne I'm never getting tested. When I pass out, that's how I know I can. <laughs> <laughs> I got a ventilator in my house. <laughs> what do you think, Danny? Would you will you perform? Are you ready? Yeah, I perform. Sure. You know, Danny already had it too, though. Yeah, you know, but I I did antibody tests and it was negative. Oh yeah, that's right. But people, some people have had it and test negative for the antibodies. Well, possibly. Well, how do they know they had, had it? it? He definitely had it. He was, he, you had, remember how sick I had you symptoms. were? symptoms, yeah. I had weird, I had a whole thing going on. But uh, I don't know. I, who knows? I don't know. I mean, this I don't is, know. This is typical Periel, where, where she, she, she diagnoses you. Telemedicine Periel. You got a fucking day of medical school behind her. She's like... No, no, no. You, def no, you definitely had it, Danny. You definitely <laughs> had it. Periel, I don't even know what you're talking about. Why are you making this story? <laughs> we, talked about it. we talked about it. I did, I did. But then I got the, the test, and then I was like, oh, so if the antibodies are negative, maybe I didn't get it. And then I got like sort of a 50-50, so I don't know. Although it says I I'm not like pregnant. No, no, you were, you were definitely pregnant. You, you, you were don't fat. need <laughs> to have antibodies to have had it. There are plenty of people. And the tests are fucked up, by the oh. way, still. Keith, that may yes. be, but you can't say it. She's on your side. <laughs> I, I would answer your question about what I perform, even though you didn't ask me, but I guess you were getting to it. Um, I think I would wait a couple of weeks to see how it shook out. I wouldn't be on the first show. Now, maybe you, won't, you wouldn't book me on the first show. I don't know, but uh, I'm just trying well, to preempt your, your, your easy 
Natterman slam. Dan, why said, wouldn't you do the first show? What, what's because the first I, I want to see how it shakes out. If everybody that does the show gets COVID, then I'll have better information. If everybody's so you gotta okay. wait for two weeks. Yeah, you have to wait for like I'll a wait month. Wait a couple weeks. I'll be there. I want everybody wearing a mask. I want everybody wearing a mask. Everybody in the audience or the comedian also. Both, both. Uh, I'm not performing with no mask. mask. Or, a fa or, a fa or a face shield. A face shield they can wear. You guys can wear a face shield. You guys should wear a face shield. Does that protect, how does that protect you, a face shield? Because there's a big gap that the COVID can get under the face shield and go up. No, no, it, it protects, it does, you're protected by the people in the audience wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. And the face shield protects them from the moisture that might come. No, because out. the truth is when you would tell jokes, you're speaking loudly and there's a lot of projectiles. Like Why don't we have like one of those big Chinese store uh, plexiglass things right in front of us? Oh, that's smart. Like a big, you know, and then we take it seals. Well, that way you don't have to worry about no mask or not. You can still speak and spit oil, whatever goes right against them. That's like all the comics are the boy in the plastic bubble. Totally. Yes. You it's put them in like a fish cage, like a Call fish Call it the bowl. comedy aquarium. Exactly. Amazing. Oh, that's good. Comedy aquarium. Huh? <laughs> I I, I don't know, but I, I don't, you mean, you mean the, I don't know where Keith came up with this Chinese thing. You mean, you mean like the old, no, like I, times, the old Times Square where you put a quarter in and the girl, <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that what you mean? I think he's referring yeah, to, more like that, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, he's referring to like the bodega where they have the plexiglass, because they don't. Plexiglass, <laughs> yeah, what we have the big thing. Oh, like when you're in the How many quarters we got to put in for your comedy, Keith? And the thing, and the thing lowers down. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, that, that has been suggested. But what do you don't you think it'd be weird performing behind a behind a plexiglass? No. All right. If you are president or something, like, you know, you gotta, you know, you don't want to come. So we're they're protected and we're protected. One at a time. Then the next person comes on. Boom. Next person comes on. Bam. Easy. Easy. Breezy. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna tell Tony to to we'll try that. July 6th, you're allowed to have indoor dining? Is that what you're saying? July 6th, you're allowed to have indoor dining. I don't think New York is going to spike. I, I mean, I don't know how you define spike. I think it'll, it'll edge up at some point. Maybe it's, it's going to go up again. But I, don't, I think that we are, uh, I think, I mean, it's terrible, but it already ravaged the old age homes. It's already been through all the nursing homes. Half the people who died were in nursing homes. I don't think... There's a law of diminishing returns. It's not going to go kill another half of them. So that's, that's, that's those deaths. And a lot of young people have had it, especially, especially among the people who are going to be going out. So that dilutes it. That adds extra feet. A antibodies are the best masks. Um, so I, don't, I think we may be okay in New York. But if everybody keeps to their social distancing, the mask on and all, it'll be okay. Because yeah. in Arizona... In, my, in Florida, it's spiked up really good right now. Well, what's interesting about Florida is that they, I, I was just looking at it before we went on the air. So on a similar day when we had 9,000 cases, we had between four and 600 deaths on that day. Wait, say that, say that again? When we had, on, the, on a day in our cycle, when we had around 9,000 new cases, 
on a typical day like that, we had between 400 to 600 deaths on the same day. Florida had around 9,000 new cases today. They had 39 deaths. The average age in Florida is like 15 years younger than it was in New York. And you, it could, you could have met like one, a thousand 80 year olds getting it is more dangerous than 30,000 30 year olds getting it. So it's really difficult to compare. And it's a lot of politics that goes into it, unless you also know it's like comparing the effect of sugar if you don't distinguish between people with diabetes and people without it. The people who are old and high risk, they're like diabetics. But so where they get sugar. COVID to the young generation, some people will die, but very, very few. But where are the young people going to? They're going to go to the they're not just going to be, they're, they're going around their family members. So, you know, you still, you still got to wait to see the effects of it. And the hospital beds are starting to fill up. You know, it's, it's going to go back up somewhat. And, but it's going to be, the challenge is going to be for every family to figure out how to protect their loved ones who might be higher risk. But, but as I said, but a lot of people have died already. I mean, a lot of people have died. And, and that, unfortunately, they say trees don't grow to the sky. As, as more and more people die, there's fewer, fewer and fewer more people are going to die after that, I think. I think one out of four people already, one, one out of four, one out of five people in New York have the antibodies, something like that. That's a lot. Noam, how are you getting the waitresses to come when they could just stay home and get unemployment right now? <clears throat> They're coming in one day a week each. And they Everybody can- wants to be out. Yeah, they can, um, they can keep their benefits if they don't earn, earn too much money. So that's what we're doing. But that may be a challenge when we open more. Um, I don't know what we're going to do about How that. Long the when do the benefits run out? I, I, is it, are they running out soon? The end of July. End of July, but I imagine they're going to have to re-up them if, if people can't work, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Or you can pay them more money, I guess, but... Uh... Shut up, Dan. <laughs> 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 the fuck is the matter with you? Oh, I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> There's no money coming in. Yeah. No, we might, you're right. You're right. We might have to. We might have to pay more, more money in some way. But the truth is, they're, they're going to make pretty good money when they come in because everybody's tipping them. I'm sure, very generously right now. They're making decent money. I hope. But it's still. It's not even that. Out that if you're making $1,100 to stay home, you know, and and you can be perfectly safe. How much money do you need to make? You smoke weed and just hang out and eat chips. Yeah. Nobody wants to just sit and hang out. Or you can go outside and take Everybody a bike. Gets nice bored. But, but, you know, um, yeah, you go outside and take a bike ride, which is what I've been doing. Uh, we'll you cross know, that bridge when we get to it, I guess. So, so anyway, so, so Keith, what else, what else do you think about? What else? Well, I'm going to tell you what else. What about Howard yeah. Stern? How, what about Howard Stern? Go I don't ahead. give a damn about Howard Stern. Okay. Tear all those fucking statues down tear them lincoln. down lincoln tear them down fuck lincoln tear them down tear them all down roosevelt roosevelt franklin tear them down <laughs> you know who roosevelt franklin was no yes i want them all to thomas no. jefferson tear them down all yep. of them tear them the fuck how down about, how about that gold statue of rockefeller center ice skating rink what about that guy He's got to go. <laughs> gold guy also? He's a gold guy. 
What about on the right? I want to show you a picture of Roosevelt Franklin because I because it's Keith ought to remember this, but he doesn't. Maybe because he Snoopy cartoon or that that Roosevelt Franklin was the black Muppet in on Sesame Street. But he doesn't look black to me. His hair is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He talked black, and they named him Roosevelt Franklin. <laughs> this, was, this was like the most left-wing, tolerant, Sesame Street kumbaya. They named it, and he's like, his buddy has a... <laughs> oh, I saw an episode of Happy Days, an excerpt. Somebody posted an excerpt from an episode of Happy Days with this black guy. Uh, he comes into Arnold's, yeah. and they offer to set... And Richie says, let me set you up with a girl. Richie invites him to a party at his house. And he says, I'll set you up with a girl. And then, the, and then Fonzie says, who do you, what girls do you know that are African-American? I mean, basically Fonzie is saying, you can own, this guy can only date an African-American, which is- but That's how it was Right, no, but that, ended, but that ended with a, with a I, I think I remember that episode. It ended with like a moralizing thing, like it shouldn't matter what color somebody well, I didn't see the end, but I just remember oh, yeah, that. That's, that's how it turns out. <laughs> somebody posted yeah. that scene where Fonzie's like, you don't know any black girls. No, no, that was that ended the, the opposite way. But. See, Dan's a part of uh, cancel culture. You <laughs> see that one thing and say, "Oh my God, look well, at I'm, it." In the seventies, that's how TV. I don't think in this. Well, you did have the Jeffersons with the, with the you know the Willises were a mixed couple, but yeah, um, there wasn't too much of that in them in them days. You but know? you can't really mean to tear down the the statue of the man who who, who fought free the war to the free the slaves. When you when you dig deep into his background, you found out you found out a lot more stuff about him. But that's anybody that in that time. What about Martin Luther King? If you dug into his background, should we take his statue down? No. <laughs> you know, that was no. A man, he didn't rape women. He was just there cheering it on. He <laughs> that's the accu that hold on. I don't care about Martin Luther King. I love Martin Luther King, but that is the accusation that came out. That he was there cheering on a rape, right? We've heard this. Joe Rogan of his day. I, I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Am I remembering it wrong? <laughs> yeah, you remember it wrong. Doctor, you got Dr. King cheering on a rape? Yeah, he knew about it. He was caught on tape. Get him. Get him. FBI, a sealed FBI audio tapes alleged Martin Luther King Jr., had affairs with 40 women and watched while a friend raped a woman. This was what this was in. This is the Business Insider. This is a liberal, a liberal uh, um, website. It was. It was all. It was. In, it was all over. So I, I don't know whether it's. I don't know whether it's true or no, not. You can't verify that. You get have, it out of there. They have him on tape. Get, they no, have, they don't have him on tape. I don't think they have him on tape doing don't that. Don't you think they would? They'd have been put that out. This is the thing. This is the thing. Every you can everybody, everybody. If if you or I were born in that shack of in was it Kentucky? Where is where where is uh Lincoln born? Kentucky? Anyway, I believe or, so. Illinois, Kentucky, I don't know. Whatever. If we, if we were born in that shack, first of all, most likely the world would never even heard of us because we were average. But one thing is for sure, neither of us would have been born with the sense to know that everything around us in the world was wrong and not quite morally in tune. The, the greatest people of any age, in my opinion, are the ones who can see a few inches above the heads of the people around them. That, that's greatness. Okay, in so era. who in our age is seeing wait, a few wait. And Lincoln, Lincoln certainly... If Lincoln wasn't a great man, then there were no great men. 
And that can't be right. We're going to have to accept that Muhammad had slaves, that Lincoln said certain things, that, that everybody, everybody is born in a particular time. Then that was, I don't care what the time was. You know, a lot of people have slaves. They, they, they didn't have slaves. Their, they raped their women and they raped the black women. They did, they did all sort of horrific stuff. I'm not well, Lincoln, Lincoln that. didn't do that stuff. Yes, no. he did. Lincoln didn't have slaves. Yes, he did. Abraham Look Lincoln did not have slaves. Look it up. You <laughs> just got finished looking. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln did not. Dan, did Abraham Lincoln have slaves? Yes. No, Danny. I want to know what you think in a hundred years will be so obvious to them that's not obvious to us right now. That's a moral uh, wrong. You asking me? I well, I want to see if you're well, able to see. I want to see if you're able to see a couple inches. And guess what? Like eating eating meat. Maybe like eating, eating meat will be in a hundred years. They'll look back and like, how'd they even eat cows? Because I don't think so, eat. by the way, because it's we kind of evolved to eat meat, and uh, it's hard to imagine. I, burger. I, I like I eat meat. By the way, for for you fans of performance art, Keith is just doing a, an impression of somebody. We all know he knows that Lincoln didn't have slaves. Lincoln no. had slaves. <laughs> oh, no, is look there it any? Up. No, I did look it up. I don't know why I looked it up because I know he didn't have slaves. Okay, Lincoln was born in Kentucky. Yeah. Yes, I was. Right. So maybe he he grew up with slaves. Lincoln did not have <laughs> slaves. Grant Grant had one slave, Abraham, <laughs> and he and he gave it. What do I think? What do we think? We'll we'll see past now. I I think we're gonna I think we're gonna go in the opposite direction. I think people are gonna right. say, How do they, why did they ever treat the Jews so nicely? What were they thinking? <laughs> I don't know, Dan. Uh, no. Question. I know, maybe, no. maybe we've reached the end of the moral road and now we're, we're completely enlightened and we have no I, work left to do. I think that all these statues or whatever belongs in a museum, period. Put them in a museum. That's what I want. I, you know, you want to Except, except Martin Luther what? King. Huh? Except Martin Luther King. All, all black statues stay. <laughs> <laughs> Good Washington, Keith Robinson. Question for Keith Robinson: Should Washington D.C. be renamed? Absolutely. What would you name it? Blackville. <laughs> Chocolate City. Uh, <laughs> one of, there must be a good name in a Parliament fucking Delic song we could use. Boozilla, <laughs> uh, baby. They should name. They're gonna rename Yale Atomic Dog University. <laughs> <laughs> no, you think about like, argument? Detroit, Detroit, Detroit is Chocolate City, right? That's Motown. No, oh, no, no. Washington D.C. is Washington Chocolate City. Washington D.C. is Chocolate City. But come on, what do you? Don't you have anything against the statues going in the museum? I will tell you this, Keith. Something very interesting. I, 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 no, I, I. Some of the statues should just be torn down. Some maybe belong in museums, and some I think um, are are by truly great. Well, people and and i think that it would do more damage to the social fabric to tear down certain people than it would it's not tearing them down take it to the museum no no well, but, I, but I, I just want to say i just want to say where i'm not so far from you many years ago or like 20 25 years ago when they first my wife's gonna get mad for a different reason when they first decided that they wanted to um put up the holocaust museum in washington dc i objected to that and people thought i was crazy i said no i don't think the government ought to be putting up a museum for the, for the Jews. I said, the Jews can do that themselves. You know, like I, I, we don't need that 
So I, I do, there is something to what you're saying that I, that um, in, a, in a country that gets so diverse that um, there's other ways, that the government doesn't need to be in, in the statue business, but I do think that certain events in our history, like freeing the slaves, uh, the American Revolution, writing the, writing the Declaration of Independence. Um, I mean, these are, well, they are, I mean, they are, they are museums in a sense. They're outdoor the statue museums. is meant to honor somebody. Uh, you know, it doesn't honor anybody in a museum. Now, if the, if the statue is in and of itself an interesting architecturally or historically, it's those historic. are the things that we put in museums. Yeah, that's what all this is. It's historical stuff. Well, a statue that was, was relatively recently constructed is not historic. It represents history. So a statue that was built yesterday of, uh, of General Lee wouldn't be historic. General Lee belongs, definitely belongs in there. He's not a storm. Let me ask you something, Dan. No, Dan, do you ever have bullies? Who are your, who's your bully, the guy that bullied you in school? Um, I wasn't, I, I, you might find this hard to believe, but I was not bullied in school. No, you are a complete nerd. Somebody bullied you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no went to school in, a, I, in an area where people resembled him, so he didn't. No, that's not why. I used to go to school. My, I used to steal $20 out of my father's pocket. I would stop in the... <laughs> I was stopping the bodega on 95th Street, uh, uh, 96th Street and Western Avenue, and I would buy like candy and <laughs> all kinds of shit, and I would give it out to the class. So stop from being bullied. <laughs> Nobody bullied. <laughs> Danny, you have have a bully, Danny? Uh, no, I mean here and there, but I would, I would, I would stop it immediately. I never had oh. ongoing bullying. That's when right. You murdered somebody, so. No, no, I knocked him out. There were two bullies in my life, and I knocked him out. Holy you killed shit. one of them. So, so what, wait, wait, what was <laughs> I just turned around and I slugged him. What's your, what's your point? What's your point, Keith? I'm just saying, a guy named Maurice used to take my fucking candy every day. I, I wouldn't want to see a statue erected of him that I seen just walking around. All, so all these people that has done evil shit like Robert E. Lee and all that, yeah. Robert E. Lee is different. Robert E. Lee fought to, to end the union, but other people are more complex than that. Other people were. Yes, it's complex. Saying, I, what yeah. I was saying is I, if whether or not you tear him down is one question, I don't necessarily think a statue belongs in a museum unless the statue in and of itself has historical value or is interesting. Is right. a statue in and of itself interesting other than its role of glorifying and symbolizing a particular person. Uh, is there anything about a statue of Robert E. Lee that was erected in 1950 that is historically interesting, the statue itself, that is? So I don't know that it should be in a museum. Whether it should be on the, in the public square is a separate question. But I don't know that it, it, it pivoting a museum is interesting either, you know. I said the only reason we, we're thinking of it is because we just thought, oh, no, we can't do it. Yes, we can. Tear that damn Rocky statue down while you're at it. Well, the Rocky, museum, not but not the statue. Muhammad Ali statue. No. <laughs> to answer Dan, it would be it would be called it would be the Museum for Torn Down Statues. Yes. We, <laughs> I like that. That's, that's what it is. It's not like misfit toys. Museum for Torn Down Statues. I mean, that's of interest to people. If you want to see torn down statues, yeah. you go to this museum. And every statue that was torn down has its story. And you're like, oh, this was made in 1999. What's the story here? 
why they tear it down. down. And so that on might so be of some interest. I don't know. That'll be my first stop on my museum. It's a museum. Well, let me ask you something. There are lots Juanita. of good days. Juanita, this is for you. Because I see you have a little, you know, doubt about tearing down the statues. I think some of them should, and there are some that shouldn't. Which ones? Gandhi. Gandhi stays. No, Gandhi, yeah, whatever. Gandhi was a pervert. You don't like Gandhi now. People are turning on Gandhi now. Gandhi was a pervert. Listen, they're even talking about tearing down statues, like religious statues, because now people are like, you know, God is uh, black. So they're tearing down all the white. It's just so ridiculous to me. It's like certain well, things just be left alone. Elvis, we leave Elvis. He never meant shit to you, but he matters to me. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis, no, Elvis goes in the museum. He's, he's in the hall, a rock and roll hall of fame. That's good. Right. Why, why can't you, if you want to see somebody think, that bad, go to a museum. Go ahead, Juanita. I think Lincoln's statue should stay. But there are a lot of other statues that I'm just kind of like, why? It just not if no. it's hurting people. Keith, can, can I zoom out here for a second? This, I think this is really what the whole thing about the statues. It's the following. <laughs> oh, Keith. So let me let, just let me say this out. I've said this before. <laughs> it, let's imagine um, the Nazis. Oh. Let's imagine that instead of the world having to uh, show up on German shores to end Nazism. The German people rose up themselves and defeated Hitler from all reasons. Uh, hundreds of thousands have died. Hundreds of thousands of Germans fought to, to end Hitler on their own and then, and then uh, moved the country away from Nazism. We would have a certain complex view of Germany as being uh, uh, as a heroic country at the same time that they did evil things. So, so just now, I want to, so now imagine America. There's a straight line. America didn't start slavery. America inherited slavery. When we threw off the British, slavery was there. So there was no way to start America without slavery. That was, that was baked in. There was no possible scenario that we could have started without slavery. So America starts with slavery. And we, there's a straight line from the Declaration of Independence to the Emancipation Proclamation to Martin Luther King, to every free person on the face of planet Earth, including in places of color where they fight for freedom, they, they will quote Thomas Jefferson's words. And when we, when we tear down all the statues, the way it feels to somebody like me is that we've lost all perspective on our history. We are, we are so focused on where we, by today's standards, fell short, no matter how unrealistic and impossible it could have ever been for us not to have fallen short, because every person on planet Earth fell short, without realizing that, yes, but we started this. We were the first ones to say all men are created equal, even by a hypocrite. And that spread, and it spread to the world. And yes, and the union did send their sons and daughters, well, they're not, not their daughters, send their sons to go fight and kill by the hundreds of thousands to end slavery. We did that. Nobody talked, we talk about it like, no, there was slavery and, we, and, and nobody tried to end it. No, America rose up and ended slavery. And they and, sent, and, Amer and, it's, and we can have a statue for that. And we can and have then, a statue and, for their leader. That we can't have. Hold on, I'm on that we can't have a statue for the leader of the people who sent all their children to go die to end slavery, 
At that point, we've lost our minds. No, no. It's it's perspective. Statues don't have nothing to do with that, losing their mind. Put everything in perspective. No it doesn't have nothing. Down. There's so, no reason to take it down. We, it, have, nothing it, to, it, we have nothing to be ashamed of. Man, wait a minute. When you, when, when, if the black man is still not, never, has never been truly free. Yes. We, it's well, that, systemic that's, racism even till today. Keith, that's a different matter. But we have nothing to be but ashamed it, of. It still continues. Keith, the civil rights movement. This is in the sixties and seventies. Keith, that's I'm not disagreeing with you, but there's one of them to do that. We have nothing to be ashamed of in Abraham Lincoln. Nothing. We have only be, he was one of the greatest men in the history of the world. We have every reason to be proud of him. Uh, well, and well, and by the way, he black people. I know. I know he was a person of the time. I know he he said he wouldn't want his son to marry a, a, a negress or however however he put it in the terms of time. But he led the war to end slavery. Okay, that's we're gonna have but, to say that's okay, it's okay no, to honor him. No. If it's not okay to honor him, there's nobody in the world to honor. No, see, but you, you, you know, you can, you can say that. You can't say that as a white man and tell me who I should honor. No, no, I can't I'm have a white man tell me I should honor Abraham Lincoln. No, you don't have to. But I, I'm saying that I don't think you make it. Good. <laughs> no, of course not, Keith. I'm not going yippee. <laughs> I'm going, you, you don't have to honor anybody you don't want to. What I'm saying is that there's, right. when, you, when you make the leap from Robert E. Lee, uh, Jefferson Davis, uh, people I, who, you know, to, to Abraham Lincoln, I, you, you've- I know, I'm saying that we don't need statues to re, written all over the place to remember uh, uh, what, what certain persons did, what their contributions was. No, but I don't need the statue. I don't even remember statues. Only the gold guy at the Rockefeller Center ice skating. That's the and the Statue of Liberty. What about sure uh, Robert E. Lee? Guy. I don't know Robert any other statues. Horse, Robert E. Lee's horse travelers. Should we leave him up and just take Robert E. Lee up? No, the Keith. I I don't like Keith's argument because maybe you're right. You don't need the statue to remember somebody. Although I do think. I mean, I remember when I, I when, nice when I visited Washington D.C. It was a teachable moment, but but that's different than saying we should tear it down because this person has no business being honored. Maybe you don't want to build any statues going forward. Maybe, uh, unless it's, you know, uh, uh, somebody that you like, but, but. Um, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying. I'm how about the saying. Barry Gordy, the Barry Gordy statue? Can that one stay? <laughs> right next to Lincoln. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. My wife's talking, my wife is talking. Besides Lincoln, there are some statues that I think should be turned out. There's just some people that did some evil things, you know, and just should not be honored. I mean, that makes no sense to me. Lincoln, I don't understand why they want that torn down. It just makes Danny, sense. Can I asked Danny, would you buy a season pass to the Museum of Torn Down Statues? <laughs> yes, if I had kids. That yeah. would be great, a lot of money. You gotta keep the kids occupied all the time. People get so hooked up on this statue stuff. I'm not hooked on by statue because I know Lincoln did some evil shit. What did he do? I know he did. Let it out. What did he do? I know Lincoln did. If Martin Luther King was fucking left and right, I know Lincoln did some horrible. Keith, hold on, Keith. If if there was a statue to Keith Robinson, do you know the evil shit that people were coming out with? I mean. That's why that would be a statue. I would say before I died on my ventilator, uh, my last words would tear it down. <laughs> okay, but let's say, let's say that, let's say seriously, now let's say it turned out that you ran into a burning building and saved 
100 people who were dying. You, you limped into that building and you saved 100 people that were dying. Uh, and you uh, carried uh, them out uh, one at uh, a time. You did something more remarkable and they wanted to put a statue up for you. You saved and say, no, 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 he did this. He was, he, he, he sexually, uh, he, he was too far. Like they found something you did. I mean, like, I don't, you know what? Maybe put it in a museum. Yeah. I say, I say, maybe he did kill somebody. But that's he, Danny. That's but Danny. He ran, oh, yeah. But he ran into a building and risked his life and saved a hundred people when he was when he was physically uh, it was difficult for him. And we're going to honor him. Let's, and we're let's, mature enough. We're mature enough to, to 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 hold both everything in our head at the same time. The, the audience. I mean, the uh, the argument's a little bit more nuanced than that because had the South not seceded. Lincoln probably would not have gone to war to free the slaves. He would have said, okay, I don't like it, but keep your slaves. I mean, we he know said, that- He said as much, he said as much. Okay, so let's not, let's not exaggerate the- it's, And I don't think the average Union soldier, when they picked up that gun, thought to themselves, we're gonna teach these people to treat black people nicely. I don't yes. think the average Union soldier uh, thought, that. thought how well, dare they secede and, and we're gonna get him back in the union. Lincoln was derided for being an abolitionist. He toured the country in the Lincoln-Douglas debates, making the anti-slavery case. And that was extremely influential in America and, and in setting the stage for this. things happen incrementally. That, I wish it weren't the case. You cannot expect things to happen more than a few inches at a time. And Lincoln, that's why I said, someone who can see a few inches above the heads of everyone else is a great man. Nobody, right. nobody, and Matt, you, what you guys expected, Lincoln should have said, Lincoln should have said in 1860, 1860, there should be no slaves. The black man's the same as the white man. As a matter of fact, and there should be gay marriage too. He should have known that. That's what we're, that's what we're saying. Why was slavery? I mean, you're holding him accountable for I'm slavery. I'm not saying that, I'm just trying to. Hold on, why was he not, why is Lincoln not accountable for understanding gay marriage? Tell me no. that. No, why, why they didn't we have gay marriage back then. No, but why, people would say you're crazy. How come he wasn't able to understand that gay marriage was a human right? I mean, what, that's, why is that different? He couldn't understand it because he was born in 18, 30 or whatever it is. You know what, my guess is if that came up, he would have probably been sympathetic to, at a minimum. That's because he was a... <laughs> well, there is, there is some, some, They say that Lincoln was gay. They some say people that. say that, uh, I think- Every time I've ever said that Lincoln was gay, the two of you have been like, he was not gay. You don't no, know what never. you're talking about. Never, I've, I've never said that. I've always, I've always known that Lincoln might have no, been gay. No, no, I've always say he's gay and you guys, that's what people did at the time. They slept in bed with that's other not, men. I don't believe he was gay. He how might have been gay. I would know, how do you know if he was gay or not? I there are plenty of accounts. No, because he slept in the same bed with us, but the people did that in those no, days. Oh, there's a diary and What are you talking about? He slept in a bed with a slave. Was it a male slave? I would have jerked Lincoln off if I were around then and he wanted me to. He was six foot six. <laughs> Danny! <laughs> Danny, would you Mary date Lincoln? That's a, that's a handful. Mary Todd Lincoln, by the way. <laughs> Apparently Mary Todd Lincoln was like a hot chick. She was considered a real hot babe when she was young. I know we see pictures of her when she's older and she's not thought of that way, but she was actually a real piece of ass, apparently, like in the 1840s. Don't talk that way uh, about the opposite sex anymore, Dan. All right.
Well, in any case, so Lincoln went after a hot chick. Is that what a gay man would do? I yeah, don't know. Yeah, a beard then. They had beards back in those days. <laughs> he was a real beard. Harry Todd was the first beard. Lincoln was gay. <laughs> No, but I, I, we have to go. But I do think my point is is correct. That okay, if slavery was like. What about gay marriage? You, you, you can't. Well, I mean, you all have to ask yourselves. I mean, I said many times, if I was born in a Hasidic house, I believe all the nonsense that they believe, and and like we congratulate ourselves for the fact that we were not born in the South in the in the eighteen hundreds. Like, who do you think? You, it's the arrogance of it. I just know that if I had been born back, I would have known that this was wrong. No, you wouldn't have. No, you wouldn't have. I wouldn't know. If I was born then, I wouldn't know what's wrong because I'm black known. Well, that's an interesting question. I, I don't even know. I don't even know that that's true. I don't know. I don't even know that people who are subjugated and grow up in it know uh, that, that, there's, that, that it's wrong at first. Well, I I'm getting lashed on my ass. I don't know it's wrong. Well, you would know. You would know that you hate. I have no idea. What this is an interesting. I'd like to read about this, but I could. It's totally possible that if if I was born um, to in a in a pedo home of pedophilia and I was sexually abused, and everybody told me that's what that's what that happens to kids. Like, what would I know that? No, this is. I would know how unpleasant it is. Would I know that that's not what they tell me is not the case? That is not the way of the world. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Juanita, what... Juanita shaking your head. It looks like a divorce is in the offing. <laughs> There's been other horrific moral wrongs, probably on par with slavery. There's been genocide. Watch your mouth. No, what I'm saying is that slavery. Well, I mean the the, the I don't want to. Talk, I don't you want to talk about. Go ahead. The Holocaust comes to mind, but I'm saying throughout history, right? Nations have obliterated, just slaughtered other nations by the millions or by the hundreds of thousands, whatever it is, including the Holocaust, but going back forever. Those nations don't um, not honor their past. In other words, slavery is one of the horrible things of mankind that we hopefully have left behind, but it's not the only horrible thing in mankind that we've left behind. We like, left a lot of stuff, yeah. We, we, yeah. That's, yeah. So, that's should statues be erected towards that? No. No, not for slavery. No. no, 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 no. Yeah, it's just like, no, that's what I'm saying. There's no need for it. You know, I, I, was, I, was, I was telling my eight-year-old niece about slavery, and she, she was just telling her about it. She was appalled. She couldn't even believe it. She didn't even, she was like, what are you talking about? She was in shock. So she knew innately that it was wrong. She, right. she knew. By nature, like she was so confused and she's disgusted by the whole idea. She's so upset by it. Did Cinderella know it was wrong? Yes. <laughs> I mean, Cinderella, I, I will say what was wrong. When I remember when I first heard that George Washington owned, I remember when I first heard that George Washington owned slaves, and my initial reaction was, wait a minute, this guy, they never told a lie, everybody loves him, the father of our country. It was a bit, it was. Roughly the same feeling I had when people told me that the chicken I ate was that an actual chicken that was an animal. It was that same, and I had to like learn how to just put it out of my mind and deal with it. The same thing when I learned Washington was a slave owner. It was like, at first it was kind of like, huh, what? That doesn't make any sense. And then over the years, I kind of learned, I integrated it into my, uh, you know, my, I, I, I learned how to process it. But the initial reaction was, wait a minute, that, but he's supposed to be the good guy. So even a little kid, even a little kid realizes that. I don't, I, you know. Um, yeah, when I heard that Thomas Jefferson had slaves, and well, and 
not, and that he refused to free, Lincoln freed his slaves. Uh, Without Jefferson, he freed his slaves that he never owned. No, that's. I mean, I'm sorry. Washington freed his slaves. <laughs> Washington freed his slaves. It's good. Thank you for correcting me. But uh, Jefferson refused to free his slaves, right? Dan, that's because uh, I don't know if Jefferson did or he didn't. I guess not. I don't know. <laughs> but but I don't know. Like I I I hear horrible stories about. Um, I mean. The church didn't forgive the Jews for killing Christ until 1964. I think it was 1964. Like, I, I don't expect the church to, you know, like, okay. I mean, so, so I guess by that standard, I can say that every single Catholic person that came before 1964 was in that organization, you know, was disqualified for anti-Semitism. I don't, you know, I guess that's one way to look at it, but I don't for some reason. I, it's like, I still, I, I can process it all. But, um, but especially, particularly the people who were ahead of their time, who stood up for the Jews, but maybe still had, had anti-Semitic things. And I think that Lincoln, I, I think it's, and, and the other thing I said also, I think you, you have to, there also be a strategy to this in terms of a national positive or, or negative. The, the country will come apart if we take down Lincoln. The, the, I mean, the country, we, it's, and I think that we have to, whether they're wrong or right. Like, let me put it, like, I don't, I don't take the side of the Shiites or the Sunnis. But I know when you have Shiites and Sunnis who see the world that differently in one country, they can't have a country. If we turn into Sunnis and Shiites in this country in terms of the way we view Lincoln and stuff like that, we're going to come apart. And I'm scared. If, we think, if you think that because we took Lincoln's dumbass and put him in a museum, the, the world will fall apart, then it should fall apart. It's what it represents. It's not going to go, it's not going to stop just at its statue. It's, it's a whole, no, listen, one thing about this, nobody ever has a mission, mission accomplished moment and say, okay, let's all go home. We're done. It's, it, it moves and it moves and it moves and they attack and they attack and attack. And I, and I think that the, I don't know what the end I, you might be different, but I'm afraid that the end is a new constitution. Maybe we need that. Well, there you go. So, so where? Do, so, so what's wrong with that? Maybe we got to write some new shit. Like what? What do you want? <laughs> two, two, two drink minimum. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be great. <laughs> what do you want, Keith? No, I'm just saying. It's like we, you know, everything was built really for who? All white men. Well, everything, every law was made for all white guys. That's who was built. You mean you, when you say all white men, like when my father came here in the '30s, and 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 there was all that systemic anti-Semitism in the '40s, '50s, and '60s, where he knew he couldn't get this job and couldn't join that club and couldn't live in that neighborhood. Was, built was he one? Right, but was he one of the white guys it was built for? No. no. Right, so who is who are you talking about? White guys? Maybe we can agree you, on you something. Consider you, you you conveniently consider yourself a white guy at different times, Noam, and I don't like it. I, I, you want to I be white. You want to be white when it suits you. I don't want to be white. I, I, I. You consider me white. You consider me. You consider. You just said to me exactly what you do. You consider me white when it suits you. When, when, when the comedians can't get a raise, I'm a fucking white guy. And actually, that's what I'm Jewish. When, when I, I don't consider. Why well, don't consider myself? a part of the white nation or something. Of course not. Was it? Are you a white guy? Yeah, I'm Caucasian, yeah. He's white. 
Wasn't Lincoln's statue <sighs> paid for by slaves and put up by slaves? Yeah, Why would in, you in, want to tear one... that down? It makes no sense to me. I say tear it down. Throw it in the museum. Lincoln. All right. Here's the thing. First of all, the thing about Jews is that even though we are at the top of the people who are hated, we I mean, in terms of anti-Semitism, we can sneak up. See, black people put us over the top because everybody <laughs> hates us plus the black people. Everybody hates the black people minus the Jews. So that so you guys put us over the top as the most hated. So we got to thank you for that. But go ahead, Perry, go ahead. Hey. <laughs> no, but the Jews can sneak by. Like you can walk in around and not everybody immediately knows you're Jewish. Not you, Perry. Well, me, you know, I don't know. <laughs> not, not me, not Dan. Not Dan. Maybe, no, maybe, maybe Scarlett, Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson, she, William Shatner. That's what makes us the most hated because you can see it. You see it on us. Is our identity there? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, when, I, when I went to Israel, when I went there, those Jews, those Israelis, didn't want me to even come into uh, to, to the hotel. Keith, I, I, agree, I, I agree with you basically about the thing you said about because you can identify you, because you can see you, but I would have to say that even in a very dark movie theater. <laughs> I, so I was in New Square Park. I saw a guy wearing a T-shirt with a big yellow star that said Jew. And I said, I like, I like what you're doing. He said, thanks. I said, how long have you been doing that? He said, since the beginning of the protesting. Because you see, you can't see it. You, can't, you don't know. Oh, when you see a wife and he, he was a redheaded, you wouldn't think he was Jewish. And you look at somebody who's why you can't tell they're Jewish or not. He's wearing his, he's been wearing his yellow star of David for the past two months because he wants to walk around and he's like a Jew. He, like, because like, a black person is a black person, but a Jew, only if you wear a star, you know you're a Jew. So I think maybe uh, us Jews should be wearing yellow stars and walking around with yellow stars to see, uh, that's a good experiment to see what it's like. Wasn't that the experiment they did during the Holocaust? Yeah, just like they did during the Holocaust, right. I have a good guy friend who's a black guy and he has a t-shirt that he wears that says, um, dear police, I am a white woman. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I gotta get out of here. Yeah, this I do too. Fun. I, I want to say that I, I, well, this I like this. This is a good podcast. I, I, uh, I'm very proud of being Jewish and all that stuff. But I would, I would give up the entire Jewish people for for racial harmony. Like if you could really just bring this is so corny, but like if you could really bring the human race together as one, I would, I would, yeah. I would chuck it in a heartbeat. You are doing. Oh, it. No, I'm not, I don't know that you would. Man, you man. So, when I look at what all, you what, what are you chucking? I would spray that that uh, men in black the men in black memory spray. What are you talking about? What do you say, Dan? <laughs> I question that. No, when I see you at the at the Olive Tree Cafe with Fred Kaplan and Yasha Mook and all these Jews, these egghead Jews, I find it hard to believe that you could do without that milieu. But some, they're not, they're, they're egghead non-Jews in that group too. Who's the, who's the egghead non-Jew in that group? Well, there's Coleman Hughes. 
Coleman Calabria is not a Jew, but he's not an egghead either. Well, he hangs out with them. Yeah. Now, now you're just putting him down. Yeah. <laughs> he's you're saying he's a wannabe. <laughs> well, he's okay. <laughs> uh, there's got to, I, I can't. I, oh, that, uh, Michael Moynihan comes down right. He's he's not. He's a he's a, he's in he's in that milieu. Anyway, all right, it's time. Uh, but no, I, but the point is, I would still like to hang out with those smart people, but I don't care about, it's just pain. Oh, that was arrogant as they come. What's it? No, he's, he's just. You heard what he just said? <laughs> Shut up, Keith. <laughs> you misunderstood me, Keith, but it's okay. <laughs> anyway, no, no, I'm just saying, like, I, I, despite, despite the things I dig in on, I just wish, it's so corny. I just wish, you know, we could all not have this terrible divisiveness between us. I, I think we do a nice job in our little world of, yeah. of being just, you know, with each other, you know? We do as good a job as can be done. Yeah. I right. right. I think That's we do as good a job as can be done. I, I, you know, it's certainly not perfect. I mean, certainly when you look at the, at the Olive Tree Cafe, oftentimes that corner table, which is a comedian's table, sometimes will be all black. Sometimes, you know, we'll be all Jews. Sometimes we'll be all... You know, uh, it's never all regular, regular white people. Did you hear uh, what Danny said? I still, see a certain <laughs> I still see a certain segregation. What did you say, Danny? World. It's, uh, it's never all gay. Uh, yes, it uh, is. That's yes, what you think. Right, right. It has been. Right. Right. know it. <laughs> no, I don't think there's a segregation. Well, something. Yeah, listen. Sometimes the black comics will come in. And 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 sit with each other, and I, but I don't. I never like. I'll, sometimes I'll go sit with them. I don't think that you're not welcome there, Dan. I just think that you don't you like, you don't feel like you can you can contribute to whatever they're talking about. But that's that's that's. I think that's very I minor. I don't. I don't. I don't notice that. What but do you think? I Keith? do notice something that what? Dan is talking about. Like oh. sometimes other comedians who don't work at the cellar want to come and hang out with the comedians who work at the cellar, and they all sit together. They're not, and they don't feel like they want to sit at the comedy seller table because they're not comedy seller comedians. So they'll sit in a group together. I've seen that, but I don't. Well, all black guys. Well, whenever I see Tom Popper, they're not comedy seller comedians. They're just hanging out. Whenever, whenever I see Tom Popper, Robert Kelly, <laughs> who else? Danny, uh, Modi, Mayron, Mayron. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get out of here. I have an 8.30. <laughs> Bye, Danny. Bye. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. All right. And I, guess, I guess we should end, right? Okay. Um, That's it. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye, Keith. You Bye. can email us at podcast at comedyseller.com, and you can find us on Instagram at live from the table. 